Alright everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord with us tonight? Amen. Alright, well we are going to have an excellent time together. Uh, we got a good word for you this evening. And I know that you're uh, ready for some good worship, some good fellowship. Isn't this the best part of the middle of your week? You get to come together, get a little refresher before you head back out there to finish it off. So, amen. You picked a great night to be here. Let's go ahead and stand up together. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because we're going to keep believing that this nation is coming to Jesus. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. All right, let's speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Yeah. All right, you may be seated. Okay, we got a few announcements to go through here, so we want to make sure that we're keeping everybody in the loop. First of all, I want to let you know that the May devotional is printed and ready to go. And so uh, if you can grab a printed copy on the info booth back there, and then we will be posting it to the social media here in the next couple days and online. So anyway, what a great uh, way to follow along and uh, stay connected to the Word of God. Okay, a uh, few reminders here. One thing is this is 
this Sunday, we're going to be um, doing, well, a few big things this Sunday. One of them is we're doing a special offering for our Honduras trip that's coming up in June. So uh, we're excited about that. We're sending about 10 people down to Honduras uh, to help our missionaries, Ron and Annette Thiesen. And uh, they've got a great work down there with children and a lot of other things that they're doing. And so uh, we're going to be, we want everybody that's on the list to get to go on the trip. And so just know that this Sunday we will be receiving a special offering for that. Also, this Sunday is Baptism Sunday. Amen. And uh, this is a great chance, man. We've got 12 people signed up so far. Uh, but this Sunday, take advantage of this. We do this every few months, a few times a year. And so it may be a, a couple more months before we get back to this. But if you haven't been baptized, it is an important part of your faith. And as we always say, uh, we recognize that getting baptized is not what uh, gets you to heaven. That's not your salvation moment. But it is a very important step for you to take. And it is something that Jesus told us to do. So we want to be obedient to that. All right. Also next week on Thursday, May 4th, 7 p.m., it's what? The National Day of Prayer. And again, I keep pumping this up because my goal is to have every High Desert Word Center person there. So who's going to help old Pastor Dave out and be here on Thursday, May 4th, 7 p.m.? Thank you. And invite some people. Uh, I mean, we're, we're doing everything we can. Uh, we're going to have um, a great night. There's going to be some worship uh, with Reba. You guys know Reba and uh, her husband. They've assembled a worship team from all the churches. And uh, Pastor Josh will be involved in that. We're going to be doing communion together. It's going to be great. And I've also invited the mayor and the city council. And, you know, let's just pray that they come because we want to be a good witness to them. And we want to be able to lay hands on them and uh, pray over them. So I'm hoping and they'll uh, accept our invitation. Amen. But anyway, we want everybody here that night. So let's mark that on your calendar and do not miss out on that. Also coming up in the month of May is the Mother Son Country Breakfast. Who likes breakfast? Okay. Who likes country breakfast? Who in here is a mother? Who in here is a son? If you, what if you're on any of those things? Anybody? Okay. All right. So basically, there's a great chance for you to come to this event. And what we've got going on is it's going to be breakfast and just a, a really great event. We'll probably have some activities and usually mom's got some different door prizes and stuff like that. But um, we're going to, for children, it's $6. For adults, it's $8. And what a great way to spend Mother's Day weekend. Boys, here is your chance to bless mom. And if you're an adult male, then you could also bring your mom and celebrate that way. But anyway, don't miss out on that. Great chance to celebrate Mother's Day. Also, one last, uh, this is an announcement. It's a friendly reminder, and I'll give a few more of those. Let's try to limit the drinks in the sanctuary to water, H2O. Uh, we could probably do a little bit better with this. And um, it was about uh, 2018. Yeah, we, I think we spent about $27,000 on this carpet right here. And that may not sound like much to you, but it wasn't quite a bit to us at the time. And so we want to take care of the carpet, and we could do better by not, uh, you know, uh, having coffee and things like that. So who thinks they could help the church out with that one? Love you so much. You're the best ever. Okay. Well, uh, that is all the announcements we have for tonight. So who knows what time it is now?
Amen. It's happy time. So pastor's going to come on up and do our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. That's a good one. We'll hold it down here. All right. Hold, open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And if you need an envelope for your giving, uh, then hold up your hand. The usher will be glad to give you an envelope. I guess a lot of people don't use envelopes anymore. Do a lot of it online and things like that. But uh, the main thing is, Jesus wants you to be blessed. And it said, at Second Corinthians chapter nine says He loves a cheerful giver. That's why we are cheerful in our giving because Jesus loves a cheerful giver. But look at Matthew chapter six. I'm going to look at verse thirty-one through verse thirty-three. And. I've lived this way for nearly a half a century, and Mrs. Pastor and I have lived our whole life this way of what it tells you to do right here. But in Matthew chapter 6, it talks about all the different uh, things out there that, that, that we need in life. And then it gets down to verse 31. It says, therefore, verse 31, therefore, take no thought, no anxious thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Where thou shalt we be clothed? And in modern talk, that what he says right there, that when we're serving Jesus and putting him first, we don't have to be like the world, all fearful. I, uh, man, I've had to go to Home Depot the last couple of days, couple of days to buy some stuff, and I haven't had to do any Home Depot shopping for a while. It totally made my mind straight. When I saw that things I bought three years ago have went up three times what they were three years ago. And I don't do much shopping, so I don't see a lot of things. But I know that I see the gas prices when I'm there. I see the little bitty uh, Walmart prices and things like that around. But when you see those things with your own eyes, how much they've went up, it really just <gasps> like that. But you know what I do? I take no thought saying, what are we going to do? I know exactly what we're going to do. And we'll see that in just a couple verses. And so he says, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or what you're going to wear. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. And that means non-covenant people. We have a covenant with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, he made a contract with us at Calvary. He redeemed us from the power of the devil, from the curse on the earth. And we got a covenant, and we have to be very bold to speak the name of Jesus. And, uh, you know, let, let me tell you something, just a really short sideline. The difference between poverty thinking and covenant thinking. Everybody faces poverty thinking. That's always thinking we can't afford that. I've never, that I know of, for the last 30-some years, said we can't afford that. I taught my kids when they were growing up, said, you know what? We just don't want that right now. Why didn't we want it? Well, the national, we couldn't afford it. But I never said that. I said, we just don't want it right now. When we want it, we'll have the money to get it. Because Jesus takes care of us. And so I always watch my words because Jesus said, I'll speak those worried words. And so here's the difference between poverty thinking and covenant thinking. I had an older woman in my church back in Indiana. And she came up to me more than once and said, Pastor, please pray for me. It's about time my light bill to come. Pray that my light bill won't be over $40. And I say, Sarah... Why don't we agree with the Word of God? We'll pray, Philippians 4.19, that whatever your light bill is, God will supply all of your need. He'll pay the bill. 
I'm not going to pray that gasoline won't be over $6 a gallon. don't want it to be. But I'm not going to worry about it. My God supplies my need if it's a dollar a gallon, if it's $3 a gallon, if it's $5 a gallon. I'm not going to let the devil control me about where I go, what I do, because he put fear on me. And so learn, learn to confess the word, not the problem. Amen. And so Jesus said this right here. After all these things do the non-covenant people seek, your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. We always, we always had a lot of kids at our house because we had, we had eight kids ourselves. And so God always, 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 always took care of my family. And we didn't eat at Del Taco every night. Matter of fact, I lived in California. You go through tough times, I wouldn't be eating at Del Taco hardly ever. Are these places because I decided it's more, pay, more important to pay the rent, to pay the light bill, to pay the water bill. And so some things get put on the back burner for a while, and you got to be smart how you manage your money. Amen? Somebody said amen or owe me. But at least be truthful. If you can't pay your light bill, and you ate at Del Taco, and Taco Bell, and McDonald's four or five times last week, then tell the truth to those people when you make your deal. Say, so you know what, Addison? I can't pay it this week because my kids controlled my life and I yielded to them and we spent $200 eating out this week and so that's why we can't pay the light bill. Be honest. You know, God can bless truth. Amen. And then discipline yourself. Okay, but then verse 33, non-covenant people are seeking the stuff, but he says, but seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That means his way of doing things. That's right in his sight. And they said, all these things, uh, my glass is kind of fuzzy, all these things shall be subtracted from you. <laughs> subtracted. You know what? If Christians really believe that God was smart enough to know the difference between subtraction and addition, that changed their way of thinking. Jesus said, put him first. Go to church, read your Bible. Be a person that gives God 10%, walk in love, walk in faith, things the Bible says. That's putting him first. When you put him first, he said all these things will be added. Added. If Christians believe that, they start putting God first. They do more things first, but Christians with their hands think, well, I'm going to lose out if I tithe. I'm going to lose out on overtime if I come to church. I'm going to lose, going to lose, going to lose. That's called subtraction. Anybody hearing this? Okay, well, I'm telling you right now how to come through tough times. You come through tough times by seeking you first the kingdom of God. Just keep on serving God. Keep on coming to church. Keep on being a person that tithes, loves, and does the things that Jesus said to do. And Jesus himself said, all these things will be added. You won't lose. Amen. 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 We'll stand up. Make our financial faith confession. And uh, bring your tithes, your offerings to the altar. We'll worship Jesus that Pastor Dave, no doubt, has a power packed with lightning. Set things on fire in your life for the good side, but he's going to teach us tonight. Amen. All right. As we bring the Lord's tithe, give offerings today, we believe we receive. Jobs are better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements. Estates and inheritance, interest and in income, rebates and returns, 
checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, meet all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take care of my family, give generously to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's all worship the Lord together tonight. Feel free to join us at the altar. And let's just worship the Lord and shake off any weights or anything that might be holding us back from the stress that's been going on and at work and at home. And let's just focus for a few minutes on the Lord tonight. If there's one thing I'm asking, one thing I'm needing. A moment that's passing is not what I'm seeking. Like it's the air I'm breathing. I want your presence, feet on the earth. A heart full of heaven's seal for you completely consumes me. I can't get enough, can't get enough of you. Your fire is burning right through me. I can't get enough, can't get enough of you. Your spirit more than a feeling. I don't need a reason to keep chasing who you are. Like it's the air I'm breathing. I want your presence, feet on the earth. I'm full of heaven's zeal for you. Completely consumes me. I can't get enough. Can't get enough of you. Your fire is burning right through me. I can't get enough. Can't get enough of you. You can't get enough of you. You can't get enough of you. Let's sing this out. Every beat is yours, you can have it all Take over like only you can All I'm reaching for, you and nothing more Take over like only you can Every beat is yours, you can have it all Take over like only you can All I'm reaching for, you and nothing more Take over like only you can Only you can A zeal for you Completely consumes me I can't get enough Can't get enough of you Your fire is burning Right through me I can't get enough Can't get enough of you You
love the goodness of God. I love your voice. I love your voice. Yes, Lord. You have led me through the fire in darkest nights. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so. we thank you for your promise that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, Lord. You said that you would be with us always, even unto the end of the world. And Lord, we know that you have kept your promise to us. We love you and we praise you tonight and we say 
great is your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are in our lives. We praise you tonight and ask that you would have your way in this service in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Amen. Well, you may be seated this evening. Amen. Yes, it's a good night to be together in the house of the Lord. Who is ready to hear the word of God tonight? Who's excited? Are you hungry? Are you hungry for Del Taco? Are you hungry for the word of God? Okay, all right, very good. Well, then we can do something with that. I can't feed you tacos too well, but I can feed you the Bible. So, let's get into this, man. We're going to get into the Word of God tonight. I'm going to be talking about uh, one of my favorite Bible verses. And really, it's a verse that I really enjoy preaching um, off of a lot. And I have preached on this verse a lot. But I'm, I know that the Lord wanted me to share some on this tonight. So, the title of the sermon is this. It's called, Guard Your Heart. Guard your heart. And it's all based off of a great verse, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and flip over there tonight to Proverbs 4 and verse 23. Who knows this verse? Am I, my sister is the only one that knows that verse in the whole room. There's like a hundred of you. Who knows Proverbs 4.23? Anybody? Guard. <laughs> all right, let's get there. Let's get there. All right. Proverbs 4. And we're going to look at verse 23. All right. And I'm going to read it out of the NLT. And this is really great. And a lot of different translations kind of shed a different light on this. But here we go. Proverbs 4 and verse 23. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Your heart determines the course of your life. Now, in the New Living Translation 2007 edition, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Guard your heart above all else, for it affects everything that you do. Now, I think that that's really sound medical advice, for one, to guard your natural heart, because that has a pretty big role to play in your general life. Who's realized that, that you're not going very far if you've got heart issues? Anyone? Yeah. Now, that is that is very true, naturally speaking and medically speaking, but... When we're talking about spiritually, that has an even bigger impact. Now, you've probably heard me say this before, but nine times out of ten in Scripture, when you see it refer to your heart, it's not talking about the organ in your chest. It's referring to your spirit, to the innermost part of who you are, the core essence of who you are as a human being is your spirit. And so, you know, it, it, it tells us time and time again about our, our our heart. And, you know, we ask Jesus into our heart. Well, he doesn't physically come into the blood pump within your chest. But he does make you a brand new person from the inside out by washing you clean of all your sins, spiritually speaking. Do you understand that tonight? So, listen, it's a pretty big warning when God simply tells you to guard yourself against something, right? And Scripture says to flee from lust, to guard yourself against pride. There's all these different things that it says to guard yourself against. And I I take that very seriously, but I would say it's a super big deal when it says above everything else, above every other thing, guard your heart. 
So when the word tells us that, all I'm saying is we better listen really, really carefully to what it's talking about. Now, one thing that I've found strange is that most people, even Christians, don't really guard their heart from very much. They'll let anything and everything have an input into their life, have a say-so into their life. They'll listen to people they shouldn't listen to. They will watch things they shouldn't watch. They will hear things they shouldn't hear. And you think, that's no big deal. What it does, though, is it comes in through the ears and it gets down into your heart after a while. Most people, they guard their Netflix password more than they guard their heart. Right? I mean, they, they'll, they'll, they will, they, they guard their money, you know, they'll put it in a safe, they'll put it in the bank, they'll, they'll, they'll do all this stuff, they'll, they'll guard their baseball card collection, they'll guard and defend all these valuable things to them, but when it comes to their heart, anybody can come by and say something mean and they're like, oh, 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 I hate you. Guard your heart, man. You're a Christian. Grow up. And so what I'm talking about is this, man. If you will guard your money, if you will defend your basketball team to the death, what about your heart where the word of God says to guard it above everything else in your entire life? What about that? Thank you for your holy silence. I can tell that we're in for a ride tonight. I'm going to get you, though. I'll get you by the end. Now, you know, being as uh, medically savvy as I am, which isn't much, I went to Google the other day, and I found out that heart disease is the number one cause of death worldwide. In fact, one person dies every 36 seconds in the United States from it. And, you know, that's, that's sad enough medically speaking, but I'd say that it's also the leading cause of dead faith in the world, too. Where people simply, there's, there's lots of Christians not getting answers to their prayers or other breakthroughs that they need in life. And their faith isn't working simply because they've got some heart issues. Not some blood flow issues, some spiritual issues that they have not dealt with. And they've let the devil, they've let mean people, they've let whatever people come in and get to their heart, and next thing you know, we're not getting prayers answered, we're not seeing breakthroughs, and why could that be? Well, there's a lot of issues involved there, but for one, uh, we're told that uh, faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6, and so if you have let people get to your heart and you no longer walk in love, your faith isn't going to work and your prayers aren't going to get answered and you're probably going to blame God and it's really not God's fault at all. Can you see how your heart affects everything else in your life. Like, I could take a stab wound to the... Well, here's a great example. Um, my family knows about this, but on Monday, I screwed a screw through my thumbnail, and it hurt super bad. In fact, it still hurts right now. And uh, and here's the thing, though. It was a painful little blow, but it's not fatal. You know, I mean, I want my thumb. I value it to a certain extent. But I would say that drilling a screw directly into my heart would have had a much bigger effect. Right? This has affected some things throughout the week. There's things I haven't been able to pick up and stuff. But at the same time, it doesn't affect everything that I do. But if I get stabbed in the heart, we're talking about a whole other level of issues now because my heart has an effect on every part of my life. 
Are you, are we, are you getting any of this right now? And so it's super important according to the word of God that we guard our heart, that we guard our spirit. There are things that are going to try to come at you spiritually speaking. And if you don't guard against them, it will trip your life up. And that's what we're going to talk about for a few minutes here tonight. Amen. And so there's a lot of ways we could go on this, a lot of routes we could go. But I'm just going to focus on a few different things tonight regarding this. So let's pray and we'll get into the word of God. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for your word and that we have got the answers in front of us. We've got the instruction book. We've got the manual to life right here, Lord. And all we've got to do is open it up and read it and we'll know what to do. So I thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak to us tonight. Tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. And I thank you, Lord, that we're getting the answers that we need. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. So have you ever seen somebody kind of acting strange and you're like, man, what is wrong with them? You know, why are they acting like that? What, what, what's the deal? They're, they're, they're so this and there's what's going on. And a lot of times we simply look at things on the surface level. Have you seen that? You know, that, you know, if someone's acting crazy, you know, we look at the surface level, but usually what's going on when someone is just not being themselves is they've let something get to their heart. And it affects, it affects their mood. It affects the way they treat people. It affects their decision making. It affects their relationships. It affects their walk with God. Why? Because out of your heart flow the issues of life, as the King James says, but it affects everything that you do. Guard your heart. Don't just let anybody and everybody have access to your heart. You understand that? And too many people, they just let anybody and everybody have access to their heart when you should be guarding it. And so we're going to look at a few different areas tonight to specifically guard your heart from. But really the the list, I mean, it just goes on and on. There's 400 million things we could say. But number one, we're going to talk about guard your heart from fear. Guard your heart from fear. And I want you to look at a verse tonight, Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. And you've probably seen this verse before. But Isaiah 41 and verse 10. And you can't let fear get a hold of your heart and expect to be a mighty faith warrior. That doesn't work that way. You're going to have to resist fear in the name of Jesus and keep it from getting a hold of your heart. Isaiah 41 and verse 10 in the New King James, it says, fear not. Why? For I'm with you. That's a good enough reason right there. If God's with me, why in the world do I need to be afraid? It says, be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That is a good verse to say amen to. Fear not, for I'm with you. This is a command from the word of God. That's not a suggestion. God's not saying, well, I really would prefer that you not be afraid, guys. I mean, it's just my humble opinion. No, it says fear not. Now, I've heard it said that this verse and this phrase appears 365 times in the Bible. Now, I've heard that. I've not verified that 
individually, but I'd like to think that's true. Either way, I know this much. I have read the entire Bible, and I've seen that phrase in there a whole lot of times. I didn't count how many times, but it was a lot. And so whenever God repeatedly says something in Scripture, it means that he takes it very seriously. And if he's continually saying, fear not, be not afraid. In fact, even in the book of John, Jesus is walking on the water to the disciples and they they get all afraid thinking it's a ghost. And the first thing Jesus says is, fear not, it is I, it's me, don't be afraid, it's me. And so the Lord's speaking that to us tonight. If fear has been trying to mess with you in any area, listen, do not let it get to your heart. It may try to smack your emotions around a little bit. Knock it off. Guard yourself. Because at first, listen, it's one thing to get startled and spooked by something. Okay, all right, you know, we've all been there. But it's another thing when you don't handle that. And then the fear drives its dagger further and further into your heart. And once fear finally gets control of your heart, you are a mess. And you you get yourself in a really bad situation. Now, I honest to goodness probably never really knew how potent and powerful fear was until 2020. You know, when we all saw this, just about this time three years ago, when we saw a whole mass level of paranoia and fear like we have never seen before. I was just talking to someone else in town last night about about church, and they're like, man, we just can't get people to come back even yet. And I'm like, people, listen, we get it. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't fun for anybody, but... Let go. Let's move on. Okay. It's, you know, put it behind you. Let's move forward with life. It's time to move on and, and not let fear still control your life three years later. And so, yeah, it's one thing to have wisdom and judgment and and discretion on things, but it's a whole other thing to be tormented by fear. And I can say that you may think that I'm lying or trying to be funny. I'd rather die tonight and go to heaven than live a life in bondage to fear for the next 75 years. I'd just rather die right now than go to heaven. Yeah, I'm not even trying to be funny. I refuse to live a life of torment and slavery to a spirit of fear. And you need to know that you've got to guard yourself against all these fears in this world because as crazy and foolish as we've seen things, scarier things are coming down the pike before this is all over with. Again, we've read the Bible and, and we can tell that, hey, there's some things that are going to happen in this world, okay? And so if you're going to let fear control your life and tell you, no, you can't go there, they're going to be there. You can't make that decision. What if this happens? No, you can't go over there and do that. What about this? If you're going to let fear control your every move, it's going to be a long, bumpy, hard ride. Choose now to resist the spirit of fear. Now, let's go to 2 Timothy 1.7, even though most of you know this. It's my sister's favorite. All right, listen. If you don't know 2 Timothy 1.7, this, this would be a great starter verse for you to memorize. And I, again, I'm, not, I'm being very serious right now. This would be an excellent verse for you to memorize. And I know a lot of people even here at church, they've told me this is about the first verse they've been able to memorize. I know for my son Joel, this was his first verse he memorized. But second, oh, I put, all right, 2 Timothy 1.7, I copied and pasted the wrong one on the screen, but let's just quote it together if you know it. Do you know 2 Timothy 1.7? 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if you've got one, you didn't get it from God. (laughs) I got it from the devil. If you've got a spirit of fear, it did not come from God. It came from the enemy. Now notice that Paul refers here to the spirit of fear. And again, I say that, you know, it's one thing to get spooked or startled or momentarily frightened. That's happened to everybody, all right? You get bad news, the first thing, they're like, oh, you're a little bit scared. But, you know, that's one thing. It's a whole other level when a spirit of fear gets a hold of your life. And so choose to resist that. Well, how do I resist it? Well, man, when fear knocks on the door, say, in the name of Jesus, I resist you. Answer with a Bible verse. Say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So when fear tries to drive me crazy, I say, no, I have a sound mind. I am not crazy. I am not fearful. I'm not Looney Tunes. I have a sound mind. Come on, yeah, anxiety, yeah. Anxiety, depression, stress, worry, doubt, fear. You can say no to all of these things. He's given us a spirit of power. Yeah, but I don't love people. Well, get a hold of Jesus. He'll give you a spirit of love. And a sound mind. You need all three of those. And it's a free gift. Just receive it. You know, you don't have to work for it. He'll give it to you. All right. Number two, I'm going to talk about this. Guard your heart against doubt. Because doubt, along with fear, is another killer to your faith and your prayers. You have no business doubting the word of God or the promises of God. And and someone may think, well, man, I've been a Christian for 35 years. Doubt is not an issue for me at all. Well, Thomas spent three and a half years shoulder to shoulder to Jesus, and he doubted every word he said. And so I know people have been Christians for 50 or 60 years, and they doubt every word that Jesus says. And, it, you know, it's really not a fun thing to, to pay attention to. I'll tell one of my favorite stories really quickly. I don't want to bore you. I, I tell the same, you know, if you've been here for a while, you've heard some of my stories over and over. It's like a grandpa. They tell the same stories. Give me a courtesy laugh if you don't know this story. So, and, not yet. Hold the laugh. I didn't, what's wrong with you guys? I didn't tell this story yet. All right. Thank you. All right. They're practicing your laugh. All right. So, first of all, I blame my mom for this, and then I'll go on from there. So, when, <laughs> when I was about approximately seven or eight years old, she thought it would be a great idea to send me and my siblings to vacation Bible school at this extremely old religious church out in the middle of the country by our house. Great, I'm sure they love the Lord. In fact, um, well, anyway, <laughs> the, the lady that was teaching my class... She was nice, really, really old. In fact, she I, uh, she was showing me, I mean, she went to school with Moses. She showed me the yearbook. It was incredible. So she uh, she was telling this story, 
uh, to all the little kids, we were gathered around, you know, with our legs crossed, crisscross applesauce listening, and she tells this story of these men that took their friend who was lame to see Jesus, and the house was so crowded that the lame man couldn't get in, so they cut a hole in the roof and lowered the man to Jesus, and Jesus forgave his sins, and Jesus healed him, and the man got up walking. And all of us kids, I mean, I'd heard the story, but all of us were like, Wow, this is incredible. And all the little kids were excited and rejoicing because of Jesus. And then the lady says, hold on, kids. Whoa, slow down. We know that Jesus doesn't do stuff like that anymore. And the kids, you could just hear the kids like, oh, man. And but me, okay, growing up, charismatic, Pentecostal, word of faith, already healed of cancer once in my life. I was like. And, you know, she's going off on all this, all, you know, peddling her doubt and fear to the young minds of the 90s. And so what happened? I was like, ma'am, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Jesus does still do that because I was crippled and he healed me. And I told her the truth. And I, maybe it was crossed some lines that shouldn't have been crossed. But at the same time, listen, you're too late to tell me that Jesus doesn't heal people still. You're too late to tell me that he can't save marriages. You're too late to tell me that Jesus can't bring you a financial miracle. Amen? Because I've seen him do all of it. He still does it. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13.8. You guys are preaching real good tonight. Come on. Yeah. So don't say that he can't do it still. When you let that doubt get a hold of your life and your heart, don't expect to see miracles from God in your life. I was talking to somebody else and they said, man, we don't ever see healings in our church. And, and I'm, not, I'm not putting down on them, but I was kind of like, well, I can gather why. I've talked to you for more than five minutes. You're full of doubt. You don't believe God to do anything at all. And you're going to expect him to come in and raining miracles and manna from heaven? No, it doesn't work that way. You've got to believe his word. I don't like to hang out with people that don't believe me and think I'm a liar. You think the presence of God's just going to fill your life when every verse you read, you doubt it and think that it's a lie? No, it doesn't work that way. James 1, verses 5 through 8. Let's go. James 1, verses 5 through eight. And this is a good one. James one. You still glad you came to church on Wednesday night? James chapter one. We'll look here at verses five through eight. And what we're talking about is guarding your heart. And you may not realize that something may have a hold of your heart right now. You may have let some doubt kind of slip in and get a hold of your heart or some fear get a hold of your heart. And what we're saying tonight is, man, let's deal with this and work through it and get rid of it. So James chapter 1, we're going to look here at verses 5 through 8. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. All right, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. How much doubt should we have when we ask God for wisdom? None, no doubting. 
For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Oh my gosh, look at this. He's double-minded. And so somebody that asks God for something and then doubts it, what is this person doing? Well, they're like a wave of the sea. For one minute they believe, the next, next minute they don't. One minute they're up, the next minute they're down. One minute they're over here, they're over there. And James says, don't expect to receive, that guy's not going to receive anything from God. That's not how you receive from God. It's without doubting. And a person like that is double-minded. And what are they? Unstable in all of their ways. Can you see how your heart affects all of your ways? It affects everything you do. It determines the course of your entire life. And so somebody would look at someone, you know, that's maybe doing really well and they, man, they're lucky. No, they've got a good heart and it's, and, and, and it's affected their entire life. It, it's made them stable and it's, it's guided them in the right way because they've guarded their heart. And you can see somebody else that's maybe had everything handed to them and not doing well at all. Well, what happened to them? They didn't guard their heart. Maybe greed came in and got a hold. Maybe lust came in and got a hold. Maybe hatred came in. Maybe offense came in and got a hold. And now they're an unstable train wreck. You've got to guard your heart if you're going to receive anything from the Lord. Now, most people won't tell you if they're in doubt. All right? I mean, I could go to a hundred Christians. What are you believing God for? Well, I'm believing for this. Do you believe it? Sure. Are you doubting it? No, not at all. Well, listen, you can locate yourself, all right? Test this on yourself, but you can also test it on others just by listening to the words that come out of the mouth. Jesus said, here's a good verse for you to write down, Matthew 12, 34. The easiest way to remember that is Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4. But Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if someone's like, yeah, I'm I'm believing God for this, but everything that comes out of their mouth is like, man, we're never going to make it. Man, we're going down. Man, my life stinks. Man, I hate my life. Man, blah, 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 blah. Don't say, no, just stop. Listen, what's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. And if you've got poison, get into your heart. We're not even going to have to, it's going to come out of your mouth. You're going to tell somebody about it, right? That's, it always works that way. Whatever is in your heart comes out of your mouth. So if faith is on your heart, it's going to come out of your mouth. You're going to go around saying things like, praise the Lord, glory to God. God sure is good, isn't he? And someone would say, well, how are you going to say that, man? You've got a mess going on in your life. Man, the Lord's good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who trust him. The word is going to come out of your mouth. But if something else has a hold of your heart, that's going to come out of your mouth, no doubt about it. And that brings me to point number three, and it's this. Again, we're talking about a few things tonight. Guard your heart from negativity. Guard your heart from negativity. There's few people more difficult to be around me than a negative person. I do not like hanging out with negative people. Now, I've been accused of being 
overly optimistic. <laughs> and uh, Someone was asking me some questions today, and they were asking anyway. They were asking me about something, and I was like, "Yeah, man, that was a great time. I loved it." And then Katie was had to be like, "Hey, you're forgetting this one part." I was like. Oh yeah, that kind of was like the worst moment of my life. Okay, yeah. So I had to share, I had to share this with this person, but, uh, anyway, I forgot all about that. But listen, you know, negative people, <laughs> guard your heart from negativity and pessimism. Now listen, we may have a rough day here or there, or maybe going through a little season, but when someone lets a Spirit of negativity control their heart. They're in a really bad, jaded spot. Because we all view life through a different lens. And so, if you were to put on some glasses... Well, hold on, I can't see you guys. If you were to put on, like, some glasses that had green lenses, everything you look at, you're like, man, that thing is so green. And the guy over here could maybe have lenses on that are red. And be like, man, I don't know. The, dude, the, clearly the issue here is that we are looking at a red thing. And someone over here could have, they could be seeing it through their lens. And so you view every situation in life through the lens that you are looking through. And so that's why some people see every issue as a political issue. Because their lenses are political. And they see every issue as a race issue because they wear glasses that are all about race. Or they may see everything, I'll tell you what, that's a money problem right there, blah, 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 blah. And because they view everything through that lens. But I've chosen, and I know you guys in here have chosen, to view everything through the lens of Scripture through the lens of the Bible. And that's why we may look at the exact same problem that somebody else sees, and they're like, tell you what, that's because the, these people are running office right now. But we look at it and say, no, that's clearly because we've got somebody right here that the devil is messing with their life, and we're going to get them three, free through the Word of God. Right? What lens do you view life through? Something to think about. Because whatever has control of your heart is what's going to control the way that you view every situation. And that's why, again, I know I'm speaking for most of us in here. I know you guys very well. Most of us in here, we view every situation through the lens of Scripture, through the spiritual lenses, and we see right through the surface level stuff and say, no, 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 no. There's something deeper right here. This is a a, a spirit of this. This is a, a, a situation of this. And we know how to fight battles the right way, right? Amen? Anyone with me tonight? And so we're talking about guarding your heart above all else, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can identify someone's position in life simply through the words that they speak. And we're talking right now about guarding it through and against negativity and pessimism. I heard a story one time. So there was this guy that was an optimist. Always saw everything, just always found the positive in everything. And he was best friends with a pessimist. And I'm like, I don't know how that works, but anyway... He was always trying to find things that could make his pessimist friend say something positive. But he could never find anything. And so one day, the optimist decided to buy an incredible pet uh, that his pessimist friend couldn't find anything wrong with. He went to a specialty pet store and explained his mission to the owner. 
So the owner replied, well, I do have a really incredible parrot that can say like a million words. And he's also beautifully colored, very rare, an incredible bird. So, but the, you know, the optimistic friend said, no, I know my guy. He'll just make fun of the, the bird's mispronunciations and probably point out the colors that he doesn't have. So I, I already know and that's not going to work. And so the pet store owner says, I've got it. I have a dog that can walk on water. And the guy's like, I'll take it. Sold. Give me that dog. And so Mr. Optimist invites Mr. Pessimist out to the park where there's a pond and stuff. And they're just strolling along. Optimist starts throwing the ball, playing a little catch. And then after a while, he throws the ball out onto the water. And the dog runs on top of the water, grabs the ball, and brings it back. And so the Optimist guy's like, uh, notice anything about my dog there? And the pessimist is like, sure, he can't even swim. What's wrong with that thing? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll be here all week. Yeah. Now, that is a joke, but how many of us know somebody that they can always find the negative in every situation? No matter what God has done for them, it's never good enough. It's never enough. They always find the negative and they always find the wrong in every situation. And I thought about it. Sometimes I feel sorry for the Lord having to sit up there and listen to some of the whining and pouting from some of his most spoiled children. He's going down. I didn't want to say that, but I said it. Now listen, you know... While we're over here in, in, uh, Barstow in America, you know, I'm just, I just don't feel happy lately. You know, I used to have those vibes and those feels and I, I don't even have them anymore. I'm just like, what's going on? Then you go somewhere like Honduras and there's people praising God because their kid got a bowl of rice this week. And you're mad because somebody didn't look at you the way that you wanted. They didn't hit like on Instagram. Here, here it goes, here it goes. Grow the heck up. Ah! Woo! Yeah! Come on! Yeah! Oh, excuse me. No, I'm not supposed to say heck in sermons. Um, guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. It affects everything that you do. And I found this out as I've traveled the world and even other places that... Check it out. There's people all over the world that would probably love to have your problems just for one day. If they could trade them out... Can trade it out, you know. You know, went to the McDonald's the other night. The kids wanted it. Go there, get home. They forgot to put the patty on three of the cheeseburgers. It's a big problem. This hungry children in the middle of the night. But then I thought, wait a minute. When I was in Russia, I saw these gypsy kids that were like eating ants at the park. I'm pretty sure that we could just go fix this situation, and this isn't the end of the world, right? Always guard your heart and realize a lot of the things that we go nuclear about, really aren't nuclear size problems. And I know that this much that probably my worst day would be a major upgrade for a lot of people in this world that I've met. Lamentations chapter 3, friends, let's do it. Lamentations chapter 3, go back here to the Old Testament. Lamentations chapter 3, and I love this. We're going to look at verses 21 through 24, Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. We're talking about guarding your heart above all else. You've got to guard it from 
anything that's trying to get a hold of it other than Jesus. But specifically right now we're talking about negativity. Lamentations 3. We're going to look at verses 21 through 24. And, uh, and man, I, just, I love these verses. They're so powerful. Lamentations 3. We're going to look at verses 21 through 24. And the book of Lamentations, if you read a lot of it, it can kind of seem like it's a real downer. There's some, <laughs> some negative things going on. The prophet Jeremiah wrote the book, and he was known as the weeping prophet because he, you know, hey, he had some things to weep about. But I love this right here. Check this out. Lamentations 3, verse 21. He said, Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Check it out. He said, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. Amen. And the next few verses are great too. But I'm telling you tonight... To guard your heart above all else, it determines the course of your life. Don't go letting these silly things get control of you because it'll take you in a direction you don't ever want to go to. But don't let negativity, even if you've had bad things happen, so did Jeremiah. Even if you had bad things happen, so did Paul. They killed him one time in the book of Acts and drug his dead body out on the street. And guess what? The Christians gathered around and laid hands on him, and he got up and went right back into town preaching the gospel. I mean, I've had some bad things. I've never had that happen. And so, listen, we've all had bad things happen, but you've got to guard your heart above all else. Even if it's been bad, as long as it doesn't get to your heart, you've got this. You're going to make it. It may mess with your mind a little. It may mess with something else a little, but don't let it get to your heart. To the heart, things can be fatal. Alright? We guard our heart above all else. It determines the course of our lives. And so we just read this verse, Lamentations 3 and verse 24. But I want you to say this with me tonight. Say, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. Now, that was cute, but it wasn't very believable. So now we're going to actually say it like we mean it, all right? Say, the Lord is my inheritance. The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, Therefore, I will hope in Him. One last time, then I'll leave you alone tonight. Say, the Lord is my inheritance. The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, Therefore, I will hope in Him. Amen. Give the Lord some praise together tonight. God is good. Amen. We're going to stand up together. Hallelujah. You know, when Paul was in prison, he said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And if he could say that in prison, man, I can say it from the comfort of my home. All right? And so, we're guarding our hearts above all else. It determines everything 
that happens in our lives. Amen. Well, I'm going to have Pastor Josh come up here and lead us in a little bit of worship tonight. But hey, if you're here and you know that the Lord was speaking to you specifically tonight, maybe there are some things that have gotten a hold of your heart. And I know this much that sometimes the things that try to creep in and mess with our heart, they're kind of like little weeds and you don't even know that they've taken in some roots until it's a little bit later. And so maybe as we've been sitting here listening to the word of God, maybe there's some things that uh, you didn't even know had gotten a hold of your heart, but they've kind of been made evident to you tonight. Maybe God revealed some things to you this evening. Well, this would be a great time as we're worshiping the Lord to deal with some of those. Maybe you need to say, Lord, you know what? It's time that I deal with this. In the name of Jesus, we're going to get rid of this issue in my life. I'm going to resist it in the name of Jesus and let the Lord do what he needs to do. But if you're here and you need prayer tonight uh, for, for maybe one of these things we've talked about or something else, listen, we want to pray for you this evening and see the Lord work in your life. So I'm going to have my prayer team come on up. And if you are here and you need prayer, come on up. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life, you have been Your goodness is running after, 
is running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. have been faithful all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able I will see all the goodness of Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid now, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will see every good All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I hear made I will see every good goodness is running after it's running after me your goodness is running after it's running after me with my life laid down I'm surrendered now I give you everything your goodness is running after it's running after me All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God
Hallelujah. All right. Well, praise God. Who received from the Word of God tonight? Amen. What are you going to guard above all else? Ah, okay. I, I think some of you got that. All right. We're going to guard our hearts above all else. Amen. Whenever the devil tries to throw thoughts of fear and stress and anxiety and worry against you, you can't fight thoughts with thoughts. You can't sit there and outthink the devil. That I mean, you know, that's his master game. He'll beat you with that. You've got to fight thoughts with words out of your mouth. He comes with some fear. You say, I resist fear in the name of Jesus. And even better than yet, than that, you say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to close out in prayer tonight. And then we will... Um, do our Barstow Faith Confession. Remember, we're going to have some great services this weekend. It's Baptism Sunday. It's going to be absolutely awesome. We're going to do our special offering for Honduras. And then Thursday night of next week, May 4th, we're all going to be here together with the other Christians of Barstow for the National Day of Prayer. Remember that. There's some flyers I put on the back, uh, whatever that's called, info, info booth. Yeah, thank you. And uh, so if you need uh, some flyers to pass out, I put a few there. I've tried to pass most of them out to the other churches, but there's probably 50 back there. So amen. All right, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we have seen in the word of God tonight. And Lord, we know that it's true that we have to guard our hearts above all else. Lord, it affects everything that we do. And so help us remember this word tonight and to take it seriously in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that we are following you. We are serving you and we will fear not for you are with us we thank you for that promise we love you and we praise you in the name of jesus can somebody say amen all right let's speak some words of faith over barstow we declare that barstow is a blessed city our families are blessed our schools are blessed our churches are blessed barstow is healed barstow is prospering barstow is safe Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you Sunday.